Hey y'all, welcome to Tap In with Tiffany. We are three black PhD therapists who all happen to be named Tiffany. We're here to discuss a little tea, talk a little shit, but most of all, have a lot of fun. So let me start with letting you all know that while we are all therapists, we are not y'all therapists, okay? So don't come over here with no mess. Don't try to sue us. Go sue your mama or your daddy. We are equal opportunists. All right? Okay, thank you. Welcome. Hey, y'all. So today we are talking about the soft girl era and what that means. Um, Some people have different definitions, but in general, TikTok says (laughs) that it means purposely creating a lifestyle with minimal stress and setting boundaries. Mm, So we want to talk about that and explore that in reference to women, but also black women, because I think there's a nuance that probably needs to be addressed when we talk about our soft girl era. Yeah, because I want one. I'm trying to get in it. Um, it's ideal. <laughs> it's ideal. I mean, like it sounds real good on paper, but actually it bringing it into fruition, I think, is the tough part. Yeah. Right. Like, how do we actually make it happen? I think the it's the soft part, right? Like, we don't want to be viewed as soft all the time, right? But I also think that these days we are trying to get into a more like, we don't give a shit no more. Like, I don't want to be the strong <laughs> friend. No, I mean, or the, the strong woman no more. I'm going to be the strong friend. That's fine. But I don't want to be the strong woman anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Absolutely. I was her for a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, that resonates. Because I think for a while, soft, you know, we equate soft with weakness or, yes, you know, being walked over or whatever. But I'm with you. I'm ready to be soft. I'm ready to be pillow cotton ball. <laughs> Uh, cushy mm. soft. <laughs> like, you can have it. You can have it. You think that comes with age? Ooh, like, yeah. are we at a space where, um, you know, like over a certain age, you just well, that's when you don't give a shit. I do know that that Definitely. comes with age, like where you where you mm-hmm. say everything and keep mm-hmm. nothing because I don't care. Mm-hmm. But is there an age where you're like, I have been. You know, doing my thing. I, I don't want to call it the hard girl because that sounds right. weird, but the not the, the tough, not soft girl, tough, if that makes sense. Tough girl. So, but it's like you're you're pressing through, pressing and pressing and pressing. And like, is there a time when you just like, you know what? Because I, I say that because we all feel the same. But then it's weird because, you know, TikTok <laughs> says that. But some of those that are saying I'm in my soft girl season are like, 22. Exactly. Like, mm. like girl, what you done did? Like, Already. So, <laughs> to be soft. Like, and I ain't mad at him. Don't get me wrong. I wish I was softer in my 20s, right? Like, I had the right. ability to be, the liberty right. to be. I think that that's what's different with this age group, but it's, or or generation, I don't know what it is, but yeah, you ain't earned it. Exactly. Well, okay, but but I think that's that's a good point. So so is there a need for the transition? Like, do you have to do the hard stuff before you can fully encompass the soft girl era, or is it more of just like a mindset of 
self-care, you know, mm. minimal stress, just living that mm. life from the onset. Because I don't think there's anything wrong with that, particularly. Like, just that True. that approach to just living easier, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But because we've been through struggle and because it's been stress and go and, you know, pushing forward and pushing mm-hmm. through, there's a transition for us. But is that mm-hmm. is it necessary to have, like, the first part before you embrace the soft girl era? I don't know. I I feel like it can go both ways, right? Like, I feel like you need some work, maybe not struggle, but you Mm got to work to get to things. Like, whatever that saying is, like, something worth having is is worth, I don't know, I made it up. Worth the work. Whatever, yeah. Like, effort. Mm -hmm. But does it have to be a struggle or, like, hard work? Like, when I say hard, like, like what we've gone through. Like, I feel like, and, and you talked about black women, like, cause we all have mm-hmm. PhDs. I feel mm-hmm. like that's a whole, we'll get into that in a minute. I'm sorry. Let me go back. Harrison asked a good question. Like, is that our age? And I think for me, it is age. Like I always heard in your forties, you going to be like, girl, I don't care. And in the fifties mm-hmm. gets even more like, <laughs> I really don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> And your sixes is really like, who gonna check me, boo? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yes, I think part of it is age. Um, I don't know. And you also just, like, I know for me, I got all my friends. I got a man. Mm-hmm. And even if I, you know, didn't, I, I can get a man. Like, I ain't worried about that. And even if I ain't got one, I'm okay by myself. You know, mm-hmm. I don't care. And <laughs> Okay, I changed my hair. You care? Do you care? You got you care about my hair? Like I need you to get life. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, well, I think I think that's a generational difference too. Like you were mentioning earlier. I mean, I think there there I have a lot of criticism about the Gen Zers, but I think mm-hmm. one of the things that I do value in them is their ability to not give a fuck at their age. Agreed. I agree. Right? Like, mm-hmm. if a job is not working for them, they out. Uh, they're real good with blocking people. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I, I feel like we had to learn that. We had to set boundaries. We had to get rid of toxic people. Yeah. We had to, like, really make an effort to, like, Steal the clear way. the space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had to really mm-hmm. make an effort to clear the space because there were so many things that were ingrained in us, you know, Gen Xers and millennials that were unhealthy. But I feel like they're growing up with a little bit of a healthier mindset from the beginning. Mm. So, like I said, with us, it's more of a transition to the soft girl era. And with them, I feel like they're kind of bred for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're they're bred with setting boundaries from the beginning. Like, yeah, and it's just a part of their lifestyle. We didn't really give it. it didn't, we didn't get it that way. It wasn't given to us that way. Because I don't think our people was taught to set boundaries, no. right? So, oh, which no. is why they oh, struggle no. now when we set boundaries with them, right? Like, yes. at least I see it in my own family. Like, I set boundaries and they're like, what you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do what we tell you to do. What you mean, no? <laughs> you ain't coming over <laughs> for this holiday? What you mean? Mm-hmm. What? They cross right over. I'm like, why are you being so mean? And mm-hmm. it's like, that. it's not mean. It's just a No. no. No, yeah. that's it. You're not used to no. Yeah. That's all. It's just no. Well, they were taught, you know, family over everything, right? So you don't say no to your elder. Who? How, it doesn't matter how old you are. 
So then they pass that to us. I'm just not sure where this generation learned they don't have to fight. Like, did we say, am I teaching my child now? Like, well, <laughs> to set boundaries? I think it's an observation, right? Because in the mm. same way that we saw our parents get run over, mm. right? I mean, it took us a little longer to be like, uh, no. Yeah. Yes. But, yes. you know what I mean? I think we looked to them to and understood like I don't want to live like that mm-hmm. like I don't want to be under that same pressure so I got to change it up I might have got it a little late because you ain't teach it to me but I see it yeah right and I don't want it and so maybe they're looking at us like okay from the start like that's how I want to live my life yeah so maybe it's just an observational thing I don't know uh I would that's what we need to do is get a Gen Z on one day and just have a conversation you know ones that just are like mm-hmm. I don't, or write in, like, you know, send us an email and tell us, <laughs> how do you set boundaries? Like, how are you able mm-hmm. to be like, no, nah, I'm cool. I ain't doing mm-hmm. that. Or like, I watch, this is one guy, I got to look at his name. He on Instagram and it, he'll do like how Gen Z's are in an interview. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and they don't care. Yeah. 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 They definitely don't have to don't give a fuck. Real early. They do. And I don't, I mean, I have one of those. <laughs> you look, I know one. And I'm always like, um, what? That's the, but it's kind of interesting because it's a little too much. I don't give a fuck though. Okay, that. Like, I need you to, it, it's a little too, like, I'm like, I understand that it's uncomfortable. You're in a situation that's uncomfortable. Right. But some of that, what is it uncomfortability Mm -hmm. is a process in which you grow through and because you are immediately uncomfortable you say forget this and move on which unfortunately doesn't teach you the press through and you i mean if you just keep quitting in life and just jumping all the way through you're going to have a lot of problems i understand that your life like y'all grow up or whatever that is Mm y'all act this way but in the same sense you're going to have issues because Absolutely. you don't know how to press through or, I mean, there's a process to everything, right? Like mm-hmm. even in counseling, there's a process to counseling and it's going to get difficult. And unfortunately, if you are one that says, eh, this is uncomfortable for me. I'm in my soft, whatever you want to call it. I'm <laughs> done. I'm going to leave. <laughs> well, you're never going to get to the part that you need to get to because you can't go through the uncomfortable piece mm-hmm. of change, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. No, it yeah. Does. No, that's a great point. I think, and I think that's what Darby was speaking to earlier, the, the benefit of the struggle. Yeah. Right. And the benefit yeah. of having it, because it's not all negative. Like you learn yeah. things out of struggle. You, do. you learn yes. things out of, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's something valuable that comes from it, even though, it's a trial. I talk about distress tolerance skills a lot with my clients and being mm-hmm. able to tolerate the discomfort, mm-hmm. to not move away from it, to not avoid it, to not mm-hmm. drink it away, smoke it away, sex mm-hmm. it away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But figuring out what you do when you're uncomfortable and how you mm-hmm. sit in it and how you manage through that is really is an important skill. It's a muscle. Well, it's life. Right. I think it's important mm-hmm. to... Right. Teach the skill of moving through it, not sitting in it, because that's the part where yeah. when you sit in it, you are now, it's just, uncom- you just always irritated. So I get it that you mm-hmm. want a soft mm-hmm. girl 
whatever because you've been sitting in yeah. something that is just like whack for real if that makes i mean you know what i mean like so then mm-hmm. you want to move forward eventually so mm-hmm. i think i just seen a quote too but i can't it's something like um understanding or knowing when it's time like mm-hmm. when to leave when mm-hmm. to do anything it said like leave the party leave a relationship mm-hmm. leave it said something like that mm-hmm. but that makes sense mm-hmm. because that then will cater to the soft girl. But just think about that for a second, how difficult it is when you've been in a relationship to leave it. When you still care, but you need to leave it. Yes. That's also a process. So, you know what I mean? So, but, and so if I go Gen Z, (laughs) if I go Gen Z, (laughs) what happens in that space? They quit a lot of things. Yeah. They do. Um, And it's it's real quick. Like, whoop, nope, uh uh-uh. This is uncomfortable, I'm done. Yes, right. So it's like, I'm out. I get it. I, and maybe that's, but is that certain things, right? Like if it's an unhealthy, like super unhealthy. Exactly. Uh, abusive, right? Like, yes, yeah. you got to go. There's a great area. So that's why I'm like, I feel mm-hmm. like I love that part about them. But I also, there's also a dislike in some aspects because some of those things that you're make that make you uncomfortable are for you to grow. And then some of them, yeah, you need to go. Either you're going to grow or you're going to go. And you need to figure out which one it is at mm-hmm. what time. And yeah. just making sure that you don't quit when you're actually supposed to be growing or learning something. Mm-hmm. But just because it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable doesn't mean you can't learn from it. That's a good point. Yeah. And then if you think about faith, right? Like mm-hmm. all of us are Christian, the three of us, right? Like, so we believe in God and God takes us through things mm-hmm. is what we, we know. I mean, I know, I, I know it. Like I've been through a lot of things and to come out on the other side was like, this is my testimony. This is, you have taught me to be patient or to mm-hmm. Uh, just wait on him, like whatever. So I'm in it now. I'm in this season of waiting. I'm waiting on you. <laughs> yes, honey, wait on the Lord. So, you know, wait, yes. wait on the Lord. It, the problem is, is, is that control piece, though. Like I'm out of control. No, that's but that's very real, though. That's very real because, you know, growing up in the church, that is a premise. You know, you be still. Mm-hmm. And wait mm-hmm. on the Lord, right? When you don't know mm-hmm. what to do, you have to wait to hear a word. You have to wait to be moved. Yes. You have to pray about it. And yeah. I think it was, you know, just in, in the same vein of trying to find like that middle ground of how long do you wait before you take a step on faith yes. and do some things different. Because faith without works is dead, right? Like, so you still got to do some works. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> but but again, it's 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 a middle ground, right? Like not being so um uncomfortable with the discomfort that you're moving away from everything, but also mm-hmm. having the awareness to know when it's not for you. I like what Harrison said, mm-hmm. either you're gonna go or you're gonna grow. You know what I mean? It's gonna mm-hmm. be one or the other. But mm-hmm. figuring out when and how. Yeah, and what that looks like, yeah, can be difficult, especially for for the younger generation. I think I don't I don't know if they have the well, they don't have the life experience just because you know they're young. But I don't right. know if they they think they do, just like we did. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and, and so and so maybe there's some benefit to this transition that we're talking about, having to kind of go through the stuff first mm-hmm. and then temper it 
you know, with the soft girl era and have a really good understanding of what it all looks like before we make a decision about what we want to settle in. Yeah. Oof. I just feel like you got to have some work. You got to mm-hmm. put in some work. Does it need to be grueling? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, don't suffer. Don't suffer. Right. Suffer. Right. It doesn't need to be suffrage. Mm-hmm. However, you need to work. You need to get a skill. You need to get a degree if that's it. Whatever that looks like for you, but you got to have something coming to the table. I can't, I can hire you as an intern and maybe teach you some things, Mm -hmm. but like a full-time job, I need you to have had, it can't just be you coming out of high school and now you tell me you want to come be my project manager. You ain't manage nothing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And you need the experience. Don't get me wrong. Because if people say, well, how you get the experience if nobody ever gives you a chance? I, and I agree with that 100%. It has to start somewhere. But you also have to be willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. You got to work to get what you want. Absolutely. And then you get into a soft girl. Era. Then you have permission. Exactly. <laughs> you have permission. It may not be as long as we had to wait. True. Like, I feel like True. I'm not even... Fully in mind yet. I'm almost there. Like I got a toe. No, I got a whole foot in. Maybe <laughs> half of my body. I don't know. Um, Because I know how to live a life of luxury. Mm. Uh, just cannot always afford it. I got to well, make sure that's right. <laughs> well, okay. Well, that, that that's a good segue into this idea of what luxury is. Because I think, mm. Char- I don't know about y'all, but like I'm, I'm discovering some things. In this era. I've, I've taught you a few things as well. Yeah, you have. God bless you. You're welcome. God bless you, okay? <laughs> About just life being easier and, and that whole letting go process, yes, right? Jesus. And like, you know, putting things in order just to make your life easier because I grew up with a lot of the message that you got to do everything, all the things, mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's what a strong, independent yes. black woman is. Yes. You do all the things all the time mm-hmm. by yourself, mm-hmm. figure it out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, whether indirectly or directly. Right. And so being in a season where, like, I'm ready to let go and finding ways to let go and delegate yeah. and finding resources mm-hmm. and, like, mm-hmm. just, you know, it's it's a it's a wonderful yeah. feeling. When people are like, oh, you're, you saw bougie, right? Like, y'all be and am and is i mean but if that's what you want to call it because i want to live an easier life i mean if you want to put that name on it by all means go right ahead but i am definitely less stressed because i fly first class because what's wrong with that not not a damn thing as far as i'm concerned i like i like snacks listen amazing i like a meal over three hours you best believe I'm in first class. After since flying first class, whenever I fly coach, I feel like a pest. I know. You go back I there. Feel and you're like, <laughs> like, what am I doing? What am I doing back here with you, peons? Why? Why have I lowered myself to such yes. standards? Like, why would I do this to myself? <laughs> first class one time is life changing, honey. It's really hard oh to go in the back God. anymore. Just it saying. Is. It really is. Like, I'll do it because I'm frugal, but... Right. Well, I mean, sometimes, mm. like, we're going on a cruise and taking the kids. We're going up front here because um, these kids oh, yeah. ain't no first pass no time soon. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, no. Uh, don't get me wrong. I ain't stupid. Yeah, you got to work. Uh, <laughs> again, we back yeah. to you got to work. 
Uh, but when mm-hmm. I'm usually by myself, more than like nine times out of ten, I'm in first class. I Instacart mm-hmm. groceries every week because mm-hmm. A, it just saves me time. It just, I don't like going in stores anymore. I never liked it. I'm actually mad I didn't create Instacart because I'd be rich right now. Because I remember going in the grocery store, like, I wish someone would just deliver my groceries (laughs) or have a drive up. (laughs) Uh, I have a housekeeper. I mean, you know, the, the, the cleaners, they come and they clean my house every two weeks. No, I don't clean my house. And that was a fight at first with my husband. But he gave in. Is the house clean? Does it matter how it got clean? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be important here. Is it clean? Yes, it is. <laughs> and I don't care what I got to do. I, that is the first thing on the budget. No, I agree. Like, it is a budget line. <laughs> it's a line item. I, it, it is. It's on mine too. <laughs> you have to come clean. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> but I think just being okay with that, you know, is a transition. It took a sure. while. Yeah. So, so I've talked about my husband and, you know, he was raised cleaning yeah. and cooking and his mama did a mm-hmm. lot of that stuff. And uh, so that's how he was expecting me to be. <clears throat> <laughs> okay. Well, so that's not who you married, honey. So listen, uh, but that's, but that's a valuable perspective because I think particularly in homes where you have a single black mom raising the kids um, and sometimes in married families too but in this like idea of like the mom is doing everything and all the things mm-hmm. like you take that with mm-hmm. you like it very often right and those expectations yeah end up leading into your relationship I think though that housekeeper okay just let's go with just housekeepers i'm not gonna get on first class Mm -hmm. but just housekeepers Mm -hmm. in general people so if you are even lower middle class i think that people have a misconception of housekeeping and like assuming that it's thousands of Mm -hmm. dollars to have somebody Mm -hmm. come clean your house Mm -hmm. right and so especially black women right because we are taught okay you need to get up on saturday and turn that music on and get your butt up and everybody is scraping and cleaning and mopping and washing everybody you're doing everything you're wiping down walls you're doing the whole thing right that's normal and and it's early you can't even sleep in because you got to get up because the music on like you about to get in trouble Mm -mm. we're taught that but i can't say Mm -hmm. like I don't think, and maybe it wasn't a thing back then, but if you if you could have told my mother that there was somebody that could clean his house for a, a very minimal mm-hmm. price, I don't see her not taking yeah. that. But I think, especially in the black community, it is tab it was taboo. Like that was a thing. Exactly. Like it, it wasn't even mm-hmm. known. Cause I I didn't know for a long time and then this lady was like, well, yeah, like somebody comes to clean my house. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm sure you pay a pretty penny. She was like, $25 an hour. I paused like, you said what? You said, exactly. wait, what you say? Yep. Because I got them coins. Let me, let me, I will not eat fast food yep. for me to have a, like, what are we talking about? Hello? So you mean <laughs> to tell me they're going to come and clean my whole house? For how much? Baby. And once I Listen figured it me. out, I said, give me them people's number because this is, mm-hmm. and, not, and now, now, <laughs> I, you, yeah. child, if she call off, I'll be like, oh, 
Exactly. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> My over the holidays was like, oh, we're going to take a break for no. a week. And I was like, girl, what? <laughs> no, no, you no. Mean, so it's going to be like a month before please, you come here? You please want me to don't. clean? <laughs> Send somebody else. I was like, oh. You got a replacement? You skipped a week. I noticed. <laughs> please come back literally and that's crazy because and it's not that expensive it's really not though now some people out here charging crazy but 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 and that's true but to me i mean like most Ooh. of the time though you know like you can ask Ooh. around because there are people that now have that service Ooh. now but back in the day i didn't know nobody Ooh. cleaning no house besides yep. like molly maids and i feel like first of all i don't trust Ooh. you and then say, that's a trust issue. That's another thing. Trust issues. We be sitting there like, uh-uh, because you might come in my house and see something. And we, we about to have a problem. Or you going to tell something or take something or whatever. But now, child, listen, come in my house, girl. Come on and do take. Please help me. Thank you, Jesus. Half time, I'm at home anyway. So good luck if you're going to try to take <laughs> something. It ain't like they just coming in and I ain't here. Like you, you come on in, girl. Right. I'm here. Okay, so I have a, a little bit of a different perspective. I enjoy cleaning my house. Oh, good for you. That's and nice. that's one thing that necessarily like wouldn't be a part of my soft girl area because it's mm. my decompressor. Like I enjoy okay. getting up on Saturday morning, putting on my gospel, putting on okay. my hip hop, and like just going to. T- it's my my coping skill, right? Mm-hmm. But my but I'm thinking like, okay, so because we're we're. Hmm, how can I say it? So growing up, how we grew up, yeah. having to get up on Saturday mornings, mm-hmm. clean the house, watch the baseboards, do all these things, right? Like set a precedent. Like I know how to clean my house if I have yep. to. I have the option. Yes. Not. Yes. I can call somebody in if I need to, yeah. but I know how to if I got to. Yeah. Are we taking that away from our kids? Well, so once they get out into adult life, once they start getting into their own apartment, when they can't really afford, you know, to have somebody come clean it in or, or, Whatever the situation might be, what are we depriving them of that skill? No. A little. However, my cleaning people do not clean their rooms. Okay. Let's be clear. That is the only space okay. in the house they do not clean. So they are responsible still to at least clean their rooms. Uh, we mm-hmm. have to do a better job oh at teaching them how to clean the bathroom and things. Um, I've taught them how to wash dishes. Um, but yeah, no, I totally get, I hear what you're saying because I need them to be prepared to go in the world Mm -hmm. because I will not be doing these things Mm -hmm. and I don't want you waiting on no woman to do. So remember I have a, what's that, whatever gene they are (laughs) that grew up in that space. Right. Cause I, I got a cleaning lady somewhere in the space where he was growing up. And so, no, she did not do his room, but let me tell you what it does do. (laughs) They think they're supposed to hire somebody for everything. Like, he's like, oh, it's a person to do that. Like, I'm not about to do that. He was out in the yard and he was like, he was out there like cutting this stuff. And he was like, you know what? This is why you hire people because this is not what you're supposed to be doing. And so that now that is funny because he does now recognize that you don't have to work. I mean, yes, it's good to work. But you don't have to do this because there are other people that do this. You can delegate this service, mm-hmm. pay somebody a little bit of money and go work while they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And then you're making money and you don't have to kill yourself after work trying to take care of something. But he mm-hmm. definitely is like, oh, yeah, there's people for this. 
which is hilarious to me because mm-hmm. now you're in the oh it's some I'm I gotta make he and he always I gotta make enough money to make sure that I can pay for people to do things. I was just about to say, is he like now I gotta yes. make enough money to get it? Actually, yes, he I'm definitely is like that. I'm not mad at that either. It's hilarious because <laughs> uh, understand that it's not free. It might be reasonable, but it's not free. If there's a mm-hmm. cost, and if this is how you want to live your life, if you want the the soft life, you gonna have to make at least enough money to be able to fund the soft life. I'm not mad at that. Yep. At all. Wow. Mm. Never even thought about it like that. Mm. Okay, Tiff. So, well, uh, heard. <laughs> so, if cleaning is not is is not part of your soft girl season, then what is, mm. what, what are the things for you? Um, I definitely embrace Instacart. Okay. Yes. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, I definitely am a door dasher, mm-hmm. right? I have, even though I love to cook, like cooking is also like one of my decompressors. Like mm-hmm. I love cooking, but sometimes it's just like, there's no time. Yes. That right. Part. Yeah. So yeah, there's just no mm-hmm. time for it. And I don't, I don't want to, stay up all night doing things but I but so so I do things like that when it works for me okay right like I mean it's as crazy as it is if you knew me you would never guess guess it but I love being domestic like I again I am ready to jump (sighs) in I want to be a housewife when I grow up like that was my goal but that could have been soft girl though like i mean because you're at home so you're not working i mean you're mm-hmm. working at home but not working you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you're doing things that you enjoy doing which would make that makes sense absolutely absolutely i've also embraced um massages a lot oh praise god um just as a stress reliever like you know going to the chiropractor is a thing um you know just the self-care piece is definitely amped up in my 40s for sure and i've gotten more comfortable with it you know being a line item and being something that i actually put intention to and pay money for because it does me justice it's a benefit Yes. Good job. Very much so. Love, love that. So I love massages as well. I love a good yacht charter. Um, just gonna say. Where'd that come from? It was just <laughs> out there. We talking about first class, not be on a yacht. <laughs> God damn. But you've been on a yacht with me multiple times. Let's not forget. Okay. How <laughs> soon we forget. <laughs> Shit, you got a jet. They're not impossible, but just like what Harrison said earlier, no. people think it costs mm-hmm. a whole lot of money, which I think wrong. It ain't cheap, but it ain't millions of dollars, right? Like to charter a yacht, like it's an app for that. Like it's an app for everything these days. Listen, I'm just waiting on the private jet. Like, yes. call me. No, that's the when that's we, the one. That's the well, one. I told you it is in my future. Why only that? I'm speaking into an okay. existence. Can we just hop on a flight, okay, <laughs> at the last minute and be like, you know what? Can we go somewhere this weekend and hop on a flight, please? I feel it in my spirit. The well, Lord is working. That's the one. Put that on the vision board. I need to. Mm-hmm. It is coming. Woo. All right. We're going to take a little turn. 
This is your chance to tap in, listeners. This is the segment of our show where we answer a question or address a dilemma from one of you. If you would like to submit a question, please email us at tapinwithtiffany at gmail.com. So this week, we have a question from an anonymous listener. Question is, how or can empathy or resilience be taught? What do y'all think? We're talking about two separate things a little bit too. Empathy and resilience, right, are, are not necessarily... The yeah, same those things, are very but, So let's different. let's start with empathy. How or can empathy be taught? So empathy is I feel with you, right? Sympathy is I feel for you. Empathy is I feel with you, right? And right. I think that sh- I think empathy is shown. Mm, it's an action word. Yes, I don't know if I. I think I taught my children empathy through being empathetic through my own actions with them and Mm -hmm. then watching them with others and explaining that behavior. Like, no, this is what you should do. Or this is how this, this is how that response should have gone. Mm -hmm. Don't be mean or just explain. I mean, cause you can feel the way that you feel. Right. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, explain it. Like, so how would you feel if this was, this person like let's feel for this person a little bit because they're going through something that maybe you haven't experienced or just think about this for a second and kind of break it down a little bit so that they're able to understand what empathy looks like and maybe put it on them like what if it was you or what if it was me as the parent like talking to my son or my daughter Mm. what if if this Mm. was happening to me Mm. like how would you feel about Mm. that and and then acting that out um other than because i mean you can't mm. just like book wise i mean i can ex- tell you what it is but you will never even right. like as a five-year-old you will never just grasp what i'm saying but i can make it real for you so that you can understand it but we would have to practice empathetic like mm-hmm. gestures and things like that you to where you feel for other people um you know, like you, right. you understand what that actually means and not to not to cause harm, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, I, I, I agree. I don't think it's something that you can gain knowledge about in the book. I think it's something you have to experience. So surface level, like from a developmental perspective, we teach empathy in kids through like altruistic activities. Right. You volunteer. Right. You do things mm-hmm. for other people, you know, but I think that taps into more like sympathy. And it helps them understand that like, okay, I don't want to be in that position. (laughs) You know what I mean? But to really have empathy and understand Mm -hmm. how somebody feels, I think it has to be a little bit closer to you. So I'm with you, Harrison. I feel like it comes a lot from observation. Um, And it's more experiential than we probably give it credit to. Um, To be able to like put yourself in somebody else's shoes is something that you have to get really close to that experience in some way. Right. Yeah. To really be able to tap into that emotion and how it lands yeah. on them so that you can not just not just say, OK, I'm glad that this mm-hmm. is not me. Or, you know, if you you're feeding the homeless, oh, my God, thank goodness we're not in this situation and I feel bad for them. But to really understand what it feels like, I think you got to get a little bit closer to it. So can it be taught to go back to the question mm, to an extent, I think, to an extent. Yeah. Um, 
but I, but I feel like it comes a lot from life experience too. Mm-hmm. I think it can be modeled, mm-hmm. right? Like you described, right? Person, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is how you care for other people. Now, the way I learned it, they encouraged us to use empathic, right? Instead of empathetic. Here's why. The word pathetic is in there. And so for some reason, empathic, I guess it sounds better. All right. So Mm -hmm. to be empathic is something, I mean, I feel like Mm -hmm. I have, even though people think that I'm probably not empathic because I can be a bitch sometimes. But anywho, (laughs) I am empathic. (laughs) I feel like it was something I observed over time in the people I was around, you know, people gave back to the community and I saw a lot of that. And so that's, that's a trait. I was like, Oh, I'm pretty sure I want to do that as I get older. And I'm trying to teach that in my children. I'm seeing it here and there. Uh, so I think it could be model. I'm not sure it's something that you can be like, sit down here. Now I want you to be empathic mm-hmm. today. Go. I <laughs> know. Right. I think it also takes a real dose of like vulnerability to be empathic, right? Like you have to want to understand. Definitely. And I think that comes out in the work that we do, right? Like I'm sitting across from somebody. I have to really, you know, be mindful of the effort that I put in into understanding how this person feels. So I have to be a little bit vulnerable. I have to be a little bit more open than I am just going through the world if I want to be able to relate to them and understand how they feel from a very real perspective. So what do you all think about resilience? Do you think that resilience can be taught? Yes. I'm going to go flat out. Yes. Yep. And so I'm going to tell you, like, for example, right? Like if something, my kid fails, right? Like at a test or something in life, I feel like I can have conversations with them about how you you may fail here, but let what do we learn here, right? Like, and then let's go back and try again. Like, I think that's yeah. a good like. Don't just be like, all right, I failed. That's it. I'm done. Yeah. The get the get back up on it is is important. Very important. It goes back to the push through. It's a process and everybody has one and everything yeah. mm-hmm. has one. If you're going to learn something or be better, you are going to go through some type of process. And I think resiliency comes in that space as well, because you learn something, you got up, you dusted yourself mm-hmm. off and you move through. Unfortunately, some people like children um, accidentally learn resiliency or are just resilient because they honestly didn't have a choice. They, they kept breathing. If that makes sense, (laughs) they kept breathing. They're still alive. They're still here, but they've gone through hell and you're Mm -hmm. still standing. Um, So can you teach it? Yes. But I also think some people are resilient without actually wanting to be that way. If that, you know what I mean? Like if going through, life and you have gone through so many things at your home or like death or like all types of things as a child, but you're still alive. Mm. So 
Mm-hmm. People would call that child resilient if they yep. then began to succeed in school and did not fall mm-hmm. to, you know, to the side. They continue to push forward and just said, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to graduate. I'm going to do this. They people would title that as resilient. But was that taught? Right. Mm-hmm. It just came from the struggle. Right. It was literally just a struggle. And I'm still breathing. I'm still here. Mm-hmm. And maybe somebody told them like, you got to keep going or maybe they didn't. Mm -hmm. So I do think I like Mm -hmm. Darby. I think that's, I agree. Like, I do think it as a nurturing parent, you're going to say, no, 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 we're going to keep pushing. You go, you go get up. Mm -hmm. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And watch, Mm -hmm. you'll get better practice. You got to practice and you will fail. Failure is a part of learning. Mm -hmm. It's a part of life. And you, you know, kept, keep pushing them through. They'll learn resiliency one way or another, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Well, this, this circles back to where we started this conversation, talking about Gen Xers and their, mm-hmm. their lack of, or no, they're, they're embracing the soft era mm-hmm. real early and real soon yeah. without having to go through things, without having the ability to tolerate the discomfort and the stress mm-hmm. and what that does. And if it's a, if it's a benefit to you or not, but I think, um, Harrison, you're right. It, it it builds something in you, and a part of that mm-hmm. is resiliency, like having to go through some stuff. Yeah, right. Like builds you up. It's a muscle, and if you don't have that, I'm not sure if it can be taught. Right. Well, and I think it's also if you don't see it again, we're back to modeling. If you don't see other people being resilient, so my biggest pet peeve in practice are victims. So a victim mentality, not the victim of like sexual assault or anything, right? Like you don't have to control that. But the victim of, I didn't, I'm going to use this example because it was my life, right? I didn't have a father growing up. So, you know, there's people who, I didn't have a father. And so they're stuck in that forever, right? They're like, I can't be successful because I don't have a father. I can't, Mm -hmm. I have daddy issues. Listen, honey, a lot of people who didn't have daddies or inconsistent daddies have them. I chose the other route and that motivated me, right? Like that was like, mm-hmm. let's go. Okay, I'm gonna prove you wrong. Or maybe I was always seeking approval from him. So that got me to be like, I'm gonna show you how good I am and maybe you'll eventually be my dad. Watch me. Right? Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily learn that from my father. My mother, however, worked three jobs as a single mother. And that woman's resiliency, like- insanity never had a conversation mm-hmm. though right there wasn't she wasn't like well tiff you know um i'm resilient here so <laughs> you know this is me being yes. resilient <laughs> i saw and was like okay i'm gonna go get it whatever it might be for me is what i'm gonna figure out mm-hmm. but i had to there was a lot mm-hmm. of bumps along the way and people got you got it that's what we're going back to our earlier conversation you got to experience the bumps to really celebrate and get a housekeeper, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yes. I, I mean, all of those things, though, all of the things, making sure that you take care of self. It's funny when you say that, though, because it's like you do go through the bumps and it's like, I I know what that feels like. So I know, like they say they want the soft era but we actually, I know what soft is <laughs> <Yes>. because <laughs> I have gone through hard. Mm-hmm. And so soft feels mm-hmm. a little softer. <laughs> yes. Um, 
I'll say like that feels it feels much more comfortable in my space only because it's been hard. So yeah, soft is softer. I'll, I'll say yes. Yeah, soft feels great now because yes, we have gone through yes. hard. Amen. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so I think it. I think taught, modeled all the things. Like I feel like people need. You got to go through some things to be somewhere, right? Like, because if Jen, they're Xers. X. X, right? They're going to be mad Jen at us. Xer, they are. They really are. <laughs> like, like old bitches. That's what I see. These yeah. old bitches. Fine. <laughs> but let me tell you something. You you got to get old one day too, boo. You going to be and here. come on over here. You better hope you as good as we are. So, <laughs> because we worked hard, we're, we're resilient and empathic. Here we are. I done been through some things. <laughs> I done been through some shit enough to give me credit to say all the things that I'm saying. Absolutely. And if you think about your PhD program, I, I brought that up earlier and we haven't really talked about it a whole lot. But if you think about, you had to be beyond resilient, right? Ten- oh. Tenacious almost. Yes. It wasn't that, you know, I hear people say, oh, you're real smart because you got a PhD. Ah. I mean, it's about it's, your brain, know, honey. I'm smart, but it is that is not what it's about. It ain't about your it brain. It is literally about resilience. Yeah, I agree. And tenacity. <laughs> I agree. I, I didn't agree. just show up here. The, my my uh, my advisor used to say the stick to itiveness of it all. Okay. Mm, yes. Like yeah. yes, <laughs> the idea that you don't move away That's from it. it because it's uncomfortable because it shakes you and being able to push yep. through absolutely. That. Mm-hmm. And income, because they also think you're supposed to, you know, be done and make thirty dollars an hour. That part, I'm like, baby, baby, <laughs> you haven't done anything. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, they they didn't they didn't pay me for that. It's like, what did you do extra? I'm sorry, honey. I didn't. I don't. <laughs> I just see applications like I want to start at, and we talking about community. Mental health. I want to start at seventy. Where, where, honey? Yeah. Okay. Apparently, <laughs> you didn't know what you were signing up for. <laughs> not. No one told you. I'm sorry. No, it should not be this hard. Don't get me wrong. We should make more money. I mean, we do fine now, but we also did the work to get here. But it just ain't the case. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're not gonna come out of grad school. And there are many fields that do. You ain't starting at 70. And even as a, a MD, That's true. you're not starting at 70. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and so good luck. <laughs> I think they think in a business school, maybe, who where you don't have any hours of working. I mean, you don't have any hours at home, a free time. You Listen, they're going to be fine. They're all going to be YouTubers and TikTokers, and they're going to be fine. <laughs> But the weird part about being an influencer is it takes just as much time. Yes. It's just that you're not realizing, like you have so much content and so many things you are on 24 seven. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, they look at entrepreneurship or, you know, I'm going to start a business. I don't think you know what it takes in real life to mm-hmm. be those individuals mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. not you don't post a couple things and then go about your business mm-hmm. that is not how I it stick. works at all but it mm-hmm. so the idea and i think that social media 
you know, blow up type yeah. um, idea. It looks very great. Everything looks great on social media. Yes. Unfortunately, that is amazing. not, that is a facade mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it is not reality. Mm-hmm. So you may think that that's what's going to happen. And I won't say it won't happen to one out of a million because maybe it Absolutely. would, but yeah. like you might, and maybe you could be that million, but um, let's mm-hmm. just go with the other ones because mm-hmm. just in case, right? I don't know. Yeah, but it still also work, right? Like those yes. influencers had to get paid partnerships and like all those things that took time. It does effort. Like they didn't get that overnight. Mm-hmm. It no. may appear that way, but that didn't happen. It's just weird. It's weird. It's <laughs> like, oh, you thought you was going to put on that little outfit and then everything is just great mm-hmm. and you modeling. Oh, that's work. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of hours. Yeah, absolutely. It's very interesting. But, but maybe... Maybe this is their um, their trajectory, mm. right? Like to maybe this is how they learn their resilience mm. by having all these like wonderful pipe dreams, mm-hmm. you know, that look good on mm. paper, that look good on social media, and getting out there and trying it and figuring out how to handle when it doesn't work out the way that you expected it. Mm. Because a lot of them have those short lived kind of um, expectations of their future. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got a couple, you know, 28, 30-year-olds on my caseload that are coming into the realization of like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I thought I wanted mm. to do it this way, but like, then life showed me that I got to mm-hmm. pivot. I got to do something mm-hmm. else. I got to figure out a different way to do it. So maybe this is their mm. path. Then think of it that way. Maybe. But will they, and, and we're speaking in generalities. We apologize, Gen Xers. We love you. However, this is the life that we're in right now. I mean, I think I have one. I don't know how old they are. Anyway, I think a lot of times they are given a lot of things, which here's why, right? Like usually, and I'm going to speak for myself as a parent, my mother, again, my Mm -hmm. mother was a single parent. So we didn't have a lot of money. We lived with other people, my grandparents, my aunt over time. And so now that I have worked hard and earned, not that I give, my kids are really good kids. So it, I mean, I'm, I'm a little biased, mm-hmm. but they are for the most part. So do they get a lot of things? Yes, they do. Sometimes things that they, I never would have saw at this age, but not because my mother didn't want to give it right. to me. She couldn't afford to. So sometimes it just makes it a little harder because we, we want to do better. Every generation I think wants to do even better sure. than the last one. That's yeah. I hope the hope. No, I'm not seeing it right now. They keep talking about Social Security going to be gone by the time we Listen. can even get it. Because <laughs> people ain't working. Go to work. That I part. need y'all go to work so we can build that up part. Social Security. <laughs> <laughs> Please help me. Help me. Because <laughs> I have paid into it. Right. My whole life. And people are benefiting. <laughs> no, but I think that's valid. And I get it. Everybody want to be an entrepreneur. Right. I get it. Right. No, that's valid, though. I think every generation does want to do better. I, I was talking with somebody about how, um, you know, as kids, I, I didn't, we didn't vacation a lot as a family. Me neither. No. I mean, we went to like our cousins in Chicago and like, you know, maybe somebody down south, you know what I mean? Like just to visit the family, but like to vacation as a family, like I didn't, I didn't, I don't know Mm-mm. what that is. I didn't get on a plane till I was 17. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, I was 18. our kids yeah. are around the world. You know what I mean? Like Five, they trip it. Three. Yes. They on trips. Yes. My oldest was three when he got on the plane. They're on <laughs> trips. Right. And I, I don't think that's necessarily spoiling them. I think it's the benefit of us doing better. 
and being able to, yeah, of course it's a privilege, Mm -hmm. but being able to show our kids something different to see the world a little bit earlier. Right. And as long as you're Mm -hmm. grateful about it, you're appreciative of it. Like, I'm cool. Come on, let's go. Let's have a flight. But then I also have to remind them, not everybody your age can do this, right? Absolutely. This is a privilege. And I'm hoping that teaches them empathy. That that would be more about empathy, right? Like, and so when we go do because at their schools they have to do service projects because which I am very thankful for, sorta because it takes up time. Mm. But anyway, um, they have to do service projects, and so a lot of times they're like, well, "Where do these people come from? Like, why don't they mm-hmm. have food? You know, they're doing you know in the kitchen or you know, doing soup kitchen. Mm-hmm. And stuff. Um, they're like, "Where do these people come from? Why don't they have food? Like, they just yeah. don't." grasp that not everybody doesn't have food at their right. house or lights or a house that right for that matter right all the things they don't have yeah. like what kids didn't ride the bus like it was just because they didn't have to i rode the bus the whole way the whole time until i had a license so it's like they don't know anything about riding a bus yeah. my son was a really like when my daughter was younger, I didn't have as much, but I would try to give her, I mean, she was a good kid, but he was as well. And that's when I actually had the money to do it. And people used to be like, you just give him everything. And I'm like, we're at the store. He asked me for something random. He's, he has A's like Why not? his room is clean. Everything mm-hmm. is fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Should I just say no, just on GP? Like, <laughs> Why do you, why do we say no in this space? Or why do we like, should I say no? Is this a bad thing? Should he not have it? I don't know. So sure he can have it. Not just, it was not because I was trying to, you know, spoil him more so just because, and it's funny because now everybody say he is the spoiled, like he is so spoiled. He is so spoiled. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think you got to, as long as you're tempering it with, you know, teaching teaching your kids that empathy as much as you can and being grateful and being yeah. appreciative of it, right? Don't just expect No, it, correct. Right? Like, understand that, yeah, I'm doing this for you because I want to do this for you and because I'm able to do this for you. But don't don't just expect it off a of GP. You know what I mean? Like, know where it comes from and be appreciative of that, too. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, Tiffs. Okay. Another episode in the books. All right. So, well, we would like to thank you for tapping in with us, y'all. Again, if you would like to reach out to us, email us at tapinwithtiffany at gmail.com. Thank you for coming. And all of you have an absolutely wonderful week on purpose. Bye.